2: Good evening and welcome to Charlton Live. This is the Big Match Preview coming to you live here from the Valley on your Thursday evening. My name is Louis Mendes and joining me in the studio here in SU7 as we get ready to gear up for Saturday's home game with the League Leaders League United is Mr. Lewis Kat. Hey there, Lewis. Yes,
3: good mate. How are you?
2: Yeah, not too bad. Have you recovered fully from your trip to Wigan?
3: I don't think I'll ever fully recover from that drive, but uh, <laughs> yeah, I'm getting there now. Getting Yeah. There now.
2: It was a, a distressing a distressing time for us all going up to the DW Stadium and coming back with no points. But we're going to put that right on Saturday because we're facing Leeds United here at the Valley. On tonight's show, we're going to hear from the Addicts boss, Lee Boyer, as he talks about facing Leeds, one of his uh, former sides, of course. He'll also talk about um, the tough run or the so-called tough run that the Addicts have got uh, coming up. We're going to hear from Darren Prattley uh, on the show this evening as well. The midfielder uh, wants to put the last two defeats into perspective as we get ready for the next uh, A couple of games. Uh, Heaven McKinley from the Charlton Athletic Supporters Trust will just give us a little bit of an update on how the uh, ticket in survey has gone and sort of stuff that the trust does. Uh, And then as we continue to look ahead to Saturday's game, we're going to hear from Matt Glennon, uh, former Carlisle, Huddersfield and Halifax goalkeeper who now uh, has a show on BBC Radio Leeds. He lets us know what we can expect from Marco Bielsa's side. Uh, And then Lee Bay will give us the update on the fitness of the squad ahead of that game. With Leeds United. Just before we uh, hear from Lee Boyer Lewis, um, every game's a tough game, but they don't come much tougher than the team that's
3: top of the league. No, <laughs> no, not at all. It's going to be a difficult one, but back on home soil, we'll be looking for a reaction after two defeats on the spin. Lee is obviously uh, very well worshipped up in Leeds mm. as much as he is here, so. I'm pretty sure the atmosphere is going to be amazing. I think last count we told over 22,000 tickets for, for Saturday. So the atmosphere is going to be good. We've got to make the Valley of Fortress again and, and get back to winning ways. Uh, you know, every game in this division is tough, as you say, and and Leeds probably the toughest of the lot, but which I wouldn't our fanciest to Beat anybody at home especially so we've got to dust ourselves down after the past couple of weeks and, and try and kick on and, and get back to winning ways on Saturday yeah,
2: so of course it's familiar foes for Lee Bowyer on Saturday the Alex boss is looking forward to facing his former side
4: yeah obviously Leeds is is a club that I've spent a long part of my career um, for me that was the, the, the best side I played for um, so yeah obviously We've got some unbelievable memories and that they have a big place in my heart but for me it is just another game. Uh because that was when I was playing, I'm not playing, I'm on now I'm manager, I'm manager of a different team. I want to win. So nothing changes for me. Yeah, I'll I'll acknowledge the crowd after the game and, and show them the respect that they showed me for so many years. Um, but my job from last Saturday is to win this game this Saturday. That's all I've been focusing on, nothing else. And no matter who you plan, There are another side that are in our division that are going to try and beat us. So we have to try and match that and, and do that. You're sure to get a warm reception from the league supporters. Yeah, I like to think so. Um, when I was there, we, we had a, a great relationship, you know. Um, I give everything for, for that club. Um, every time I stepped on the pitch, I give 100%. Um, like I said earlier, we, we've got some some really good memories together. So, yeah, I think that they will give me a good reception. Um, and and I respect them. And just like they're going to respect me, you know, because, like I said, the memories we have are something special. We had some amazing, amazing times there. You find yourself pitting your tactical wits against Leeds manager Marcelo Bielsa, one of the game's great coaches. A big challenge, massive challenge. Um, for me, they're the best team in the league. Uh, I said that at the start of the season. They should have gone up last season, um, but felt just short. I watched Leeds the season before he took over, and um, what he's done with that squad is unbelievable. Because it's not much different to, to the squad that I was watching before he took over and, and the squad that he's got now. So I have the utmost respect for him and, and, and all this stuff and, and what they've done there. And uh, it's going to be a tough game. It's, they're at the the top for a reason and um, it's going to be a good challenge you know we're going to have to we're going to have to be right ourselves um, out of possession they're they're very very good at hitting you on the break the the amount of chances they create in a game is is crazy I don't know how they didn't beat Birmingham not Birmingham Derby last week can't tell you how many chances they had. It's, it's, it's frightening. They won 2-0 at Barnsley. And again, created a load of chances. They, they created a load against Swansea and, and lost. Like, I don't know I don't know what happens there. Let's just hope that they have another day like that because that, they're definitely a side that could go and thump and, and someone, 6-0 for sure. They're, they're frightening going forward. And, and it's a good day are going forward. They're recovering it is unreal teams can't hit them on the break because their players I'd love to know what they do pre-season because their fitness levels is unbelievable I've not seen nothing like that in this division I've watched all the teams and the way they break with the pace they break and the way they get back in in, in their defensive shape <coughs> it's great to watch so um, but yeah we're, we've, we've got a game plan And um, we're at home. We're not just going to sit back and invite pressure, because it would be like when when teams play Man City. You sit there. Lord Farrow says they're going to score at some stage. So, for me, we we have to have to play our game. No one else really seems to do that. Everyone seems to give them a bit too much respect and sit off them. we, we won't be doing that. We're going to play the way we played as Scots to where we are today and uh, and with our crowd behind us it's going to be a full hour. So with, with our crowd behind us it's, for me it's, it's going to be a, a good game to watch for a neutral. Uh,
2: so I guess the last thing you need after two defeats in a row is playing what appears to be Barcelona in white shirts. I <laughs> mean... <laughs> <laughs> The the way Boyer sort of talks about the lead side, I mean, obviously he has his connections with the club, which he talked about at the start of that clip, but looking at the side on the pitch now, managed by Bielsa, you know, a coach with with so much experience and such a big name in the game, uh, and a team that sounds like it's really hard to beat. Now, I'm trying to work out if, in a way, I mean, this is sort of a free hit. I mean, they talk about those sort of games in the Premier League, you know, if you lose on Saturday people probably would have expected it Leeds have won every single game they've played on the road so far this season um they haven't got the best home form actually funnily enough but this is obviously at the value of the game so is it sort of a free hit you know you get anything out of this game and it's a bonus
3: I think so yeah I think any also from a Charlton side I feel fairly positive positive in what Lee Boyer says in that there's no reason why we should change our game and sit back and and be the underdog. I mean, we've we've surprised a couple this season already. We've been a, our our current position in the table is probably a surprise for anybody that isn't a Charlton fan on the outside, thinking that we were going to be rock bottom of the league by now. Um, so I think we've got enough to surprise teams like Leeds. It always seems to be the Charlton way to to lose to the size you expect to beat, and then when we're all on a bit of a down, I think oh we've lost back to back. Now we're playing Leeds. It's going to be a tough time to play Leeds at home, especially, and um, we'll end up beating them. It, it seems to be that. That's the Charlton way sometimes, and I do I do agree that I think any any points we do pick up Saturday will be a huge a huge step forward in my eyes. Because at the start of the season, if someone had told me that we we'd get anything out of a game against a, a Bielsa managed Leeds United, I'd have, I'd have laughed you out of the room. But I I have a lot of faith in Lee Bowyer. I have a lot of faith in that squad, and I think that. Especially at home with a with a valley crowd behind them, it's going to be you know, it's going to be unbelievably noisy here mm. on Saturday. It, anything's possible, and, and we've seen it in this division already this season that absolutely anything is possible. Anybody can beat anybody. Um, so no, I'll be I'll be backing us to backing us to win Saturday, regardless of where Leeds are on the table.
2: Yeah, well, that's that's good to hear. I mean, the, the way that Leeds are expected to come out and play, um, you know, attacking, swarming forward uh, by by the sounds of it. I mean that. I mean that's probably. What we'd prefer—it's probably more suited to our game at home rather than a team that will come and sit behind the ball, or even the game against against Wigan on Saturday, a team that didn't give us much space to operate in. You know, that's when we've been stifled in games over the last couple of weeks. That's when we've struggled more more often than not uh, over the course of the season. When when teams haven't come out to play. If you look at teams like Stoke, who probably were a bit more open on the on the the, the first home game of the season, that sort of played into our hands a little bit. So you know, they, they'll have the quality certainly to create chances but hopefully hopefully there'll be a little bit of them that's left themselves open you know exposed to our to our attacking prowess that we have even without Lyle Taylor.
3: yeah <clears throat> and I think that I think that is easily the case I think Leeds have shown over recent seasons that they they always have a bit of a weakness when it comes to the tail end of games and and, and towards the end and I think if we if we're 1-0 down and the atmosphere is building and we're pushing to try and get back into the game then I, I think that we've got enough as a as a footballing side and also as a as a crowd here at the Valley to probably wobble them a little bit and and try and and try and nick something. But I do agree with you. I've I've seen it over the last couple of weeks with Wigan and Birmingham they've they've sort of turned up and given us so much time on the ball and and haven't pressed and we've just been a little bit slack when it when it's been trying to get, push forward and just sitting on the ball and just being a little bit sloppy. And I think Leeds will come here with their game plan. It would be a lot different to what we've seen over the last couple of weeks. I think that they'll attack. I think that. It's going to be one of those heart in mouth games, I reckon they're going to have a lot of chances and a bit like similar to what we had at Brentford earlier on in the season when it was it was a little bit uh they created a lot and we looked a little bit against the ropes. I can see it being another one of those nervy kinds of games, but i think we've we've got more than enough to try and to try and pinch something and surprise a couple
2: coming off the back of two defeats so how how do you think that could affect the Cholton players the mentality within the group obviously after that great start we'd had. Um, it, it could be a knock to your confidence. Um, again, it'll will, it, it will, they'll be going out with something to prove, certainly. But do, do you think that that momentum is always talked about as being so important in football? Do you think those two defeats could have could hold us back or anything? Do, could have knocked that confidence going to this game against Leeds?
3: Yeah, I think naturally it will because we've we've got such a young squad and a lot of this squad haven't played at this level before, and it's it's a big learning curve. You know, the team's going to learn throughout the season. We've got young lone players that are probably learning something new every single week in terms of playing against these sides and, and and starting so well and sort of getting on the positivity wagon and then losing a game at home and thinking about bouncing back, but then being rocked by losing your star striker, because there's no there is no doubt that Lyle Taylor has a huge influence on those young players as well and and everything that he brings to that side. And I think although we're not a one man team by any shout, you know, I think that losing someone of his of his stature within a footballing side would affect any club in the mm-hmm. division, let alone let alone us, where we haven't got the same resources as many yeah, others.
2: So I just, I just wondered on 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 last Saturday against Wigan if that was literally like a ten percent knock to your confidence straight away. Looking up and not seeing Lyle Taylor up there. I mean, I mean, Bowie was talking about on on uh, on in press day today and on Saturday about you know this confidence. He, he's saying. Yeah, Lyle Taylor's out, but we did create chances against Birmingham. We saw some chances against the Blues. We also saw some chances up at Wigan. You know, he said himself, Tom Lockyer could have had that trick. I mean, we did have chances at Wigan, albeit you know we didn't really. Uh, we, we we haven't taken them for a couple of games. So is it too early to to start saying without Lyle Taylor we're 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 not the team that we used to be? Because people will look at the fact that we haven't scored. We'll look at the fact that perhaps we don't quite have the same swagger about us, and say, so, well, maybe without Lyle Taylor. We aren't the same team. Is it, which way do you think that falls? Because I mean, Bayer did point to these chances created in the last couple of games.
3: Yeah, and I think although we are creating the chances, where we're not we're not being clinical. You know, before before Lyle Taylor was out, we we I think on the league stat we'd had the least shots, but we were sat second in the league. So it shows that we were being more clinical with Lyle Taylor in the side, and we are a very creative side. Naturally, we have the likes of Johnny Williams, Jonathan Lecco that can make things happen, but there just seems to be that missing link right at the end in terms of putting it in the net. Tomei Hamed looked a bit better Saturday, but I'm not seeing the player I expected to see come in at the moment. I think Chucks and Ike would offer more up there, even though Boya said that he's more suited to a number 10. I think that when that number 10 position already is potentially filled by Johnny Williams, and he's got competition from Aaron Ostomer as well, who's impressed me when he's played. I think you're going to have to try and Push Chucks into his unna- into a more unnatural position if and that's to play alongside a striker because I've I've seen more from Chucks and Ike than I have from the others and we're already playing Jonathan Lecco out of position into where he's playing up front when really he's a winger but we don't really play with any width so he's having to adapt and I think that Chucks and Ike would create more up top as well as I think he's a little bit more clinical when yeah. it comes to scoring the goals.
2: Got 75 minutes for the under-23s up at Ipswich. 3-1 win on uh, on Monday evening. I think uh, Forster Kasky, Ben Amos involved as well, possibly Adam Matthews. So a few sort of first-team or... Uh, first team sort of uh, outsiders uh, involved in that game, so interesting to see if you get more minutes into Chucks if he's now thinking maybe it's mm. about to start. But then again, he did talk about uh, Tommy Ahmed today and sort of saying you know the only way he's going to pick up his fitness and improve and get sharper is by playing matches. Now he said he's seen an improvement from from game one to to where he is now. In the in the, was he had two starts now I think and maybe a couple of sub appearances. Have you have you seen any of that improvement? Do you think he was sharper Saturday? Do you think he's done enough to keep his place? Is it too early to be asking? If if he should be keeping his place or should we be thinking about changes?
3: I think I, I see a, I do see an improvement, but I think the problem that we're going to have is that the expectation on him is huge and the weight on his shoulders now is going to be huge because we've lost Lyle Taylor. I think if you had Lyle Taylor in and around the squad still, then it would be you know, the weight would be off his shoulders a little bit if he was playing alongside Lyle in the formation we play now then there'd be a lot less pressure on him to get the goals and maybe it would give him time to settle in. But at the moment, we're, we're alarmingly looking for somebody to to fill Lyle Taylor's shoes for the meantime and score the goals for us. And of the way that we've played so far, I couldn't I wouldn't say that Jonathan Lecko is that person. I wouldn't say that Tomer Hemed is that person. I thought Macaulay Bond looked more threatening when he came on on Saturday. And he's, he's somebody that's come up from non-league and it would be silly to throw him in at the deep end at the moment, but as an out-and-out striker and a goal scorer, I look around that squad and away from Lyle Taylor, I mean, we've, the next person who's our, the goal scorer after that is Conor Gallagher, I believe. So then you're you're putting your hopes on goals on a on a midfielder that's in his first season of senior football. So you're relying on Tamer Hamed, Chuksunike, Jonathan Leko to an extent as well to start really mm. chipping in with the goals because they've got the experience. They've played at this level and they're going to have to they're going to have to sort of butt their ideas up a little yeah, bit it's a
2: Leeds team that have kept four clean sheets in their last six league games as well which it will doesn't fill you with confidence yeah which will uh, which will make it that little bit harder as well right um, so we've got a couple of tweets came in uh, Chrissy T says he hasn't been this excited since we played Brescia away in the Anglo-Italian Cup well I wasn't <laughs> Uh, I was I think I was around then but I don't think I don't remember that game I was, I was a bit too young for that so I don't know what those levels of excitement were about. Will Bolland says there's still a long way to go in the season the last two games have just been a bump in the road remember the six words keep the faith and believe in Boja. Cliff, Cliff Scales says they are probably the best team in the league but I think we have a chance we are at home with a big valley crowd and the fact they will attack it uh, will not be like a Birmingham where we have to break them down we will have chances we just have to make sure uh, that we take them even in as well to Adam Biggs and to Jonathan West from the Upbeats who are listening in. Uh, Adam wants to see three points back on the table for the Addicts and I certainly uh, think we all do I mean it is going to be a huge crowd on, on Saturday as you sort of alluded to I mean these will almost certainly will have sold out um, so that will make make the atmosphere quite a good one I imagine obviously with the, the Lee Bowyer loving as well um, in fact Marco Bielsa was, Marcelo Bielsa I should say he was, uh, was quoted saying uh, Lee Bowyer is an important he was, he was an important player in Leeds United history Charlton have started well in the championship every team has ups and downs everyone can win or lose against and everyone so uh, yeah should be a should be the atmosphere should certainly play its part on Saturday.
3: Oh it'd be brilliant I think it would be a, a great occasion for everybody and and it's probably it'd be quite a nice moment to pinch yourself and you think back probably this time last season we were playing in front of a crowd of probably eleven twelve thousand 12,000 if we were lucky and now there's going to be there's 22,000 at the moment and then you've got the walk-ups on the day if if they're getting tickets as well it's going to be it's going to be electric, and you know we we saw how loud we can be during those during our playoff campaign when we had Doncaster here, and how much that valley noise can make a difference. And Bayer says it week after week that that extra noise and extra push means a lot to the players, and especially seeing as we're probably going into every single game as the underdog, and that's we'll we'll have to thrive off that. It's like I say, it's nice for us to go under the radar a little bit, and yes, we've had a couple of blips over the last few weeks, but. Before, I I feel as if before Birmingham and Wigan, we were the underdogs and I think against Birmingham and Wigan, we were probably the favourites for the first time to win those games and I think we prefer being the underdog because Mm. there's no pressure. People write us off extremely early and it's nice to go unnoticed and shock a few people and I think that with with a valley crowd that we're going to have on Saturday, and and with Lee Bowyer at the helm, I think anything's possible.
2: Yeah, you mentioned this time last year. So this time last year, we were playing Plymouth at home, and we now in League Two. So it just shows how how quickly things have turned around. Uh, you talk about being the underdog. Um, A lot of people have noticed our run coming up Ain't the easiest of runs Uh, So we've got Leeds, then Swansea uh, Then Fulham coming up in the next three games So obviously three uh, big clubs In this uh, division Lee Boyer uh, has though said that the run Is no different to the games that we've Already had
4: Everyone's saying well now we've got a tough run of fixtures So what about the 8 before? Was, Was they not tough? Blackburn away, Stoke at home Stoke, The team that's just come down from the Premiership Two years ago with the budget through the roof but we've played some top sides Wigan they're no mugs they finished top of our division two years ago <coughs> Blackburn finished second in our division two years ago they finished mid-table last year Wigan was in and around that, that area so we're Birmingham and last season before they had their points reduction they was just below the playoffs like we've played good teams they're all good teams in this division. There ain't a bad team. So, yeah, we've got to play. We played Forest, like another top side. So for me, it's they're all tough. So yeah, we've got to play Leeds. We've got to play uh, Swansea. Isn't so, no, that? Swansea's a team that people was tipping to go down or be down the bottom. Now they're up near the top. So like, you can't predict anything. Every single game in this division is winnable but there are, ter- there are times when you're going to lose two 300 bags especially for, for sides like us but our, our aim is to, to win every game but that's not going to be realistic we, we, we can't do that that's not going to happen I'd love it to happen but it's not going to happen so whoever we play it's going to be hard it's not like whether we play uh, I don't know we've got Swansea on, on, on Wednesday what's, what's to say that that's going to be any easier uh, any harder than when we played Forest at home on a Wednesday night, it's not going to be no no harder than that. So when we came out, and we should have won that game.
2: So there we go. Have we been making too much of the run of fixtures that's coming up? Because I remember I think probably before the the Wigan game, or so, or maybe even before the Birmingham game, saying we needed to get a few points out of the next couple because of the run that was coming up. And then we we've gone on and lost those as well. But at the start of the season, you're looking at. You know, the likes of Stoke, admittedly, turns out they're not as good as, as everyone was predicting at the start of the season. But they still got some quality players. We went to a Reading team that was unbeaten in a little while when we played them and won. You know, we played a Forest team that's a, that's a decent team, a Brentford team that we know all, all you know, who they, they know all about the Championship. We've beaten teams like this before. Yeah, for sure, Leeds are probably up there as one of the best teams in this division. But, you know, we've all been watching Championship football for long enough to know that on its day, I mean, it is one of the most unpredictable leagues in, in the world and, and anyone anyone can get a result of anyone else
3: yeah exactly I don't think you can it's, it's one of the it's one of those leagues that is just so incredibly unpredictable and that every season seems to be there seems to be a twist and a turn you know and Leeds last week as well they, they were all over Derby for for the entire game and then they go and score in like the <laughs> the 90th minute equaliser didn't they Derby so Leeds have got their frailties it has a every team has in this division I think that there's as you say it's so tough to call week upon week there's always a, a twist and a turn somewhere and i think that we can't look at this run as as being the end of the world i think that we've got yes we've got tough we've got tough sides to play we would have had tough runs this whole season's a tough run because at the start of it we were complete underdogs and we were thinking we'll be lucky if to stay in the division at the moment where we're in the top half we've only lost a couple of games over the last few weeks we've beaten sides like you say, we've we've surprised people. That Brentford game where we were against the ropes, where it looked like we probably should have lost it, but we won it. And those those sort of points are the important ones when it comes to the end of the season. And we're we are capable of beating absolutely anybody in this division. I I believe that truly, and I think that we've just got to go into every game with the shackles off. And if people are already writing us off in this run now, then. What have we got to lose if we go into this, into these next couple of games against against Leeds, against Swansea and Fulham as well? And even when we play Derby and West Brom in a, in a couple of weeks' time, what what's the what's the harm in going in there and playing our game plan? Because if everyone's writing us off as as losing it now, we've got absolutely nothing to lose going in there and just playing the way that we believe and and I think that we are capable of beating anybody in this division. And I think that it's it just it's an absolute credit to to Bowie that we can look at it now and as as people that have come up from League One with with the minimum, you know, the minimal budget and, and the, the lack of resources that we have from our owner and truly compete. Because at the start of the season, we were thinking that we weren't going to be able to compete at all. And, and look at us now. And I think that we've just got to, as fans, we just got to enjoy it every week.
2: Mm, yeah, some interesting team news as well from a Leeds United point of view that Pablo Hernandez... Uh, Bielsa was saying today that he's, un- he's not going to be involved he's got a muscular problem uh, very good player for Leeds United but the problem with teams like Leeds United is they'll take one out and they'll bring another, yeah, another exactly. very good player <laughs> in uh, as well Right, let's have a quick break here on Charlton Live when we come back we're going to hear from uh, Darren Prattley.
0: Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn you're looking in the wrong place that's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank Chip ball back across. Powers there. Pierce is there. Power header. And it's done. Yes. Oh, it's done. Yes. It. Oh, yes. oh, Patrick Barr! you absolute German beauty. Yes. Woo! Dreamland. Jordan has scored with seconds remaining. We've done it too. Get in. Come on. Yes. What a time to be here at Wembley.
2: Oh my word! Oh my
1: word!
0: Charlton line.
3: After finishing third in their first season since promotion, Charlton Athletic Women take on Aston Villa at the Valley on Saturday, October the twelfth. The game is heating up to be a popular one in the FA Women's Championship and tickets are on sale now for the match by visiting booking.cafc.co.uk Get down to the valley and show your support for Charlton Athletic Women. Charlton Athletic Women versus Aston Villa at the valley, Saturday, October the 12th, Kickoff, 3pm.
2: Welcome back. This is on Live. It is the big match preview. Um, Looking ahead to Saturday's home game with Leeds. Cliff Scales says, I totally agree with uh, Bose. They're all tough games, but would rather be playing these tough ones than playing in League One. We've just got to uh, enjoy it. Now, of course, on uh, last Saturday, unfortunately, we went up to Wigan and were beaten uh, by two goals to nil. Darren Prattley was the captain uh, during that game. He came out to speak to Greg Stubbley after the fixture, um, and to look ahead to the Leeds game as well, really. The veteran engine rumour says that we've got to start putting
5: uh, these two feats, these two last defeats, into perspective. We've had a, we've had a great start. Um, we didn't get carried away with a start we've had. We you, when, you, when you win games, you don't go out and drink champagne and celebrate. And when you lose games, you don't go home and cry. Obviously, this is going to hurt. It's a long trip back. Um, we feel sorry for the fans that travelled up today. Um, it's not nice sending them back like, three or four hours drive and two hours on the train. Uh, uh, to see the side lose 2-0 but um, we have to stick together we have to dust ourselves down, watch the video um, see what we can learn and go again we have to stick together, I think that's been the best thing about this group is we've stuck together um, we haven't lost many games since I've been here to be honest um, and that's the side of football that uh, you see a different side to people, it's all nice when it's all going well you're winning, everyone's high and you're writing good stuff and that um, the last two games we've lost uh, we have to take the criticism that comes with it uh, dust ourselves down and, and go again next week. Next week we're playing the champions, uh, or the, the so-called champions. They're uh, expected to win the league, um, and we're gonna have to raise it because if we play like that, then uh, we will get punished. How important
2: is, it that someone like yourself has had a lot of championship experience mm. and, and knows what this division's like. You mm.
5: do
0: have those good times, do have those bad times. Yeah, helps. What is essentially quite a young, young team.
5: Yeah, it, it is. It is. Like I said, um, it, football's easy when it's all going well. Your passes are coming off, you're winning, you're scoring goals, you're getting pats on the back, you're getting told you're this, you're that. Um, there's another side of football as well, which we haven't really experienced. But this team is good, we stick together. Um, no one's happy in there. Like I said, we don't go out and celebrate and uh, big ourselves up or something like that. Um, we win together, we lose together. We lost uh, two, um, I think I don't know if we lost two in a row last year, uh, to be honest. Um, did we yeah Well, it ain't really happened to us too many times so uh, it hurts um, we don't We don't like losing games but um, like I said we have to dust ourselves down go again this league can be unforgiving sometimes um, sometimes you can go on a little bad run but uh, hopefully we can make that right next week yeah I think it
0: was once last year we mm. back to back and was towards
5: the
2: end of the season uh, towards the end of
5: the calendar kind of year in 2018 so was to commentary the was of to- the last oh yeah 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 yeah. Of against
0: Leeds which yeah. is a tough game but yeah. they, they drop points today yeah. there will probably be a, a few expectations and then to win do you feel yeah. like Cheltenham have already shown this season that when we're the
5: underdog and are up against it yeah to be fair whoever we play um, we want to go into the game uh, and win whether it, if we played against a high side in the Premier League whatever we, we want to win every game that we can um, we're going to the game um, coming off the back of a defeat and we want to put that right especially in front of our home fans I think it would be a good um well, I've done a bit of a sellout at the Valley next week, and the boys want to put it right. Um, no one likes losing games, and uh, hopefully we can get something out of the game against uh, Leeds next week.
2: How important that the morale stays quite high in
5: the,
0: after those two defeats it's important yeah. don't drop.
5: Yeah, obviously you're going to be disappointed now. Um, you have to take that on the chin. Take the criticism that comes your way. That's part and parcel of football. Um, like I said, it's all nice when it's going thing, but when it when it goes bad, you have to take that on the chin. So we have to take that on the chin. Dust ourselves down. Monday, come in, fresh start looking ready for uh, Leeds on Saturday. And somebody's someone who's played a lot of
2: Championship teams, yep. how have you found
0: this chance side so far this
5: season? Yeah, we, yeah, we started well, we've done well. Um, obviously, it's an hard question after we've just been back off uh, two defeats uh, to start praising anyone, but uh, we, we've done OK. Uh, I think we haven't hit our peak yet, we can still do better. Um, and we're learning as a team, we're learning. It's a new division for us. Well, Some of us haven't played in this this division before, and uh, like I said, if you look at majority of the teams, they can lose a few, win a few. Um, you just have to keep, like you said, keep your uh, keep your morale up and, and go again.
2: So there we go. That was Darren Pratley um, sort of looking ahead to, to Saturday's game with Leeds and making sure that we start to put the last couple of games behind us, Lewis. I guess, you know, the important thing is not to get too down into the dumps. I mean, uh, it was actually twice last season that we lost two in a row um, Scunthorpe and Coventry was in there sort of in the sort of October time and then uh, we went on and had that that around the, the turn of the year as well um, you have to go all the way back to February, March 2018 for the last time we lost three in a row in the league um, which was sort of coming towards the end of Carl Robinson's tenure we lost at home to Shrewsbury then got beat 4-1 at Peterborough then 1-0 at Blackpool um, when we were clearly on a downwards price. So went, this is not a team that's used to going on losing runs is, is the important thing. So how they now react. And obviously Pratt Lee's sort of talking about there, you know, he's an experienced man. He, he's been through runs like this before, I'm sure. He knows you have to keep your morale up and put it behind yourselves. Take it on the chin when you get beat and make sure you put it right as soon as possible.
3: Yeah, exactly. And I think that Lee Bowyer would have focused on that this week in terms of turning it around. We, it's not something we're used to. And like you say, Lee Bowie has not lost three in a row during his time here either so he, he's not going to make he's not going to want Saturday to be the first time that that happens so we just got to dust ourselves down and crack on it's a long season we're a young squad we've got those experienced players in there like Darren Prattley. that's going to be he's going to be extremely important during these sort of periods if we are on a bit of a downward spiral but also we just got to stick with the team because we've we over, we're overachieving already by doing what we're doing and we had an amazing campaign last year with that playoff final. That positivity is carried on into that start of the season. And yes, we've lost a couple now. But all in all, when you look at how we're doing in this division, we've had some great times this season already. And there's a really long way to go. And there's no reason why. Come five o'clock, up past five Saturday, we're not there bouncing around the valley, celebrating a little last gasp, one nil win against the lead side that have battered us all game. But that's the Charlton way. And we've got to keep that confidence because this side's special. And I think that... If anyone's capable of turning this run around, it's it's this set of players and it's Lebo. Yeah, yeah
2: obviously someone like has with these experience. I was going to say you need a cool head like Prattley, but then you're thinking back to what he did on Saturday <laughs> up at Wigan, where uh, he got a bit annoyed with a bit of confusion over a drop ball and ended up throttling someone. But <laughs> um, you know, he is the sort of character you need to to pull us through. I remember when we spoke to him at the Player of the Year dinner before the playoffs, um, and we were really impressed with what he had to say. And then he is the sort of character. That you need inside a dressing room and and on the pitch as well. You know, I think we're downplaying if we're only talk about his character in the dressing room because on the pitch he's the sort of one who'll run around, you know, work hard, get stuck in, very fit player for a man of his age as well. Um, you know, he, he's such an important body in our team, and I have to admit, this time last year, I don't think we were saying that.
3: No, I don't think we were. I think we saw him coming in as a positive, but saw him as maybe playing being a bit of a bit part player that would that would fill in when needed, and then was more for sort of in and around the dressing room for the young players but every time he's played you know especially this season he has he's really impressed me and I think especially in those playoff games last year he was paramount and I think that having someone like him in and around the club especially with the young boys and in the midfield as well because we've got a young midfield and we've you know the likes of Josh Cullen can only be improving playing alongside the likes of Darren Prattley, the you know Connor Gallagher Johnny Williams even all these people are are definitely improving for having Darren Prattley in and around them, and I think that he, I think he's been fantastic. and And I was so pleased when he got that contract extension in the summer because it, not only did he deserve it based on last season, but I think in and around the club he seems like a really popular guy. and, and That's the second time, uh, sadly, second time I've actually, I've spoken to him after the game, and, and I'm always impressed with what he's got to say, and I'm always impressed with his attitude towards Charlton Athletic as a football club, and I think that. He's, he's a really important player to have in and around the place and I'm, I'm really glad that he's still here with us.
2: Excellent stuff. Right, let's check in with the Charlton Athletic Supporters Trust, uh, Heather McKinley, uh, from that organisation. I spoke to her the other day just to find out a little bit about the sort of thing that the, the Trust do. Uh, she was telling me about a uh, ticket survey that they've uh, taken in the last couple of weeks.
6: Yeah, well, the Supporters Trust um, undertook the ticketing survey from around mid-August through to mid-September Um, We had just under 600 responses in total. Most of those were people completing the survey online, um, but some were hard copies that we collected around the Brentford game. It was specifically about the online ticketing system, and we also asked quite a bit around people's experiences of purchasing tickets for the playoffs, um, because that was actually when quite a lot of people had experience of the ticketing system for the first time or certainly, you know, kind of led to, to use it to get their tickets for those important games. Overall satisfaction with the system was was quite good at 86%. So, that you know, I think shows that on the whole, people find the online ticketing system to be quite a convenient and easy way to purchase their tickets. But interestingly, when we dug a little bit further into the results, there was an awful lot to uncover and to really learn from. Um, we found that those people who found purchasing tickets for the playoff stressful, their satisfaction dropped to 74%, whereas those people who didn't find it stressful at all rated the system at 96%. Um, so, you know, clearly quite a clear um, correlation there with people finding the system Um Adding to their stress, or <laughs> actually just helping them yeah. get what they wanted very I mean, easily,
2: did the survey find any areas that that, that could be improved upon?
6: Yeah definitely. Um, we asked around the questions around how people felt the club had communicated about the playoffs and while people were satisfied on the whole with how quickly the club communicated about the playoffs tickets going on sale and also um how they you know set out the allocation process on the whole, people found that was quite fair. But what they where there is, I suppose, room for improvement was in helping people use the ticketing system um, and there were quite a few people who found it a little bit more difficult to use and they didn't really have anywhere to go to help them. Um, I think over 80% of people said that they think the online ticketing system needs some form of customer service back up. And there were quite a lot of people who found that they couldn't contact the club or didn't know who to contact at the club if they were facing any issues. And some of the issues that came up, about a third of people had difficulty actually logging on and accessing the system, and around 20% had issues with... Um, points allocation or valley gold allocation and then again about 20 percent found it difficult to assign tickets to family and friends which was actually quite important mm. if you wanted to get seats together. Um, so those are the kind of things that you know we've got as good learning points that we can pass on and share 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 with the club.
2: Yeah you mentioned that the trust will, will go or have already shared uh, some of this information with the with the club and are planning on meeting them to discuss stuff in future. So I guess this is the the sort of thing that the supporters trust show that they can do. They can sort of uh, be a bridge between the uh, the fans and the club and help to try and improve things where needed.
6: Yeah, absolutely. I mean, I think we we feel it's. it's- Kind of appropriate thing for a supporter's trust to do, um, obviously you know as with as with many fans, we still have some issues with the ownership of the club, and we 're very much like that to be resolved positively going forward um, in the meantime. We think you know, it is important that we're representing fans over important issues and you know, ticketing and how easy it is for people to access the getting their match tickets um, in a simple and straightforward way is obviously obviously key. We've um, shared the results already with the club. There's more detail about the results on the um, CAST website at org. Um, I think they were due to be discussed at the fans' forum meeting that's just taken place. And Richard Wiseman, the chair of the trust, is meeting with the club. Um, I think I think that was even due to happen today. By the time this um, this interview goes out, um, and. We that will include discussion around the more detailed comments that we receive from people. Um, although, you know, I've given some of the headline numbers from the survey, we also gave people the opportunity to give specific comments. And we had over 800 of those. Um, so again, Richard, lucky, lucky Richard, has been spending a bit of time analysing those. Um, and they go into quite a lot of the specific detail that I think will be really useful for the, for the club to learn from going forward.
3: taylor then gallagher now
4: has it in space in the center when he plays great a good ball forward to lecco who's able to turn he might think about a shot jonathan lecco he's just gone a little bit wide gets it back onto his left foot and he shoots yes it's taken a deflection and it's gone in and jonathan lecco has put the Alex one 0 up there was a great ball in from conor gallagher Lecko had space on the edge of the box to turn he pushed himself a little bit wide onto his right foot then cut back into his left fired a shot forwards i think it came off michael morrison but it was certainly a reading player in his defective past rafael and into the back of the net
2: Welcome back, this is Charlton Live, the Big Match Preview, coming to you live on your Thursday evening or via the podcast afterwards. Don't forget, as I say every week, make sure you subscribe to our podcast to get our show downloaded to your phone or device or ever twice a week automatically, then you will never miss another episode of Charlton Live. You lucky people. Uh, right. Uh, Leeds. Uh, we've been focusing a lot on Leeds uh, coming to the Valley on Saturday because obviously uh, it's a huge game for the addicts as we look to try and bounce back from a couple of defeats. For Leeds United uh, themselves, they're top of the league as you'd uh, expect. You'd, ex- well, you'd expect their fans to be reasonably happy with that, wouldn't you? I spoke to Matt Glennon, uh, who's a former Carlisle, Huddersfield and Halifax town goalkeeper. Uh, and I said to him well with that start they must be pretty delighted those Leeds United fans you
1: think so you think so but you know I mean Leeds fans are quite hard to uh, <coughs> to make to make happy because uh, the, the home form the home forms, you know I mean not been good obviously the, the weekend again conceding that last minute goal after totally dominating a game for a full 90 minutes Dad had one shot on target scored and that goes right back to the season Forest one shot on target scored uh, I think it was Stoke not Stoke, sorry, Swansea had two shots on target, scored last minute, so home matches, not great, away games, excellent, decent form, uh, scoring goals, keeping clean sheets, and looking dangerous, they just need to sort their home form up Mm. and they'll they'll be out of sight
2: already. Yeah, I mean, obviously, after the the season they had last year, being in that top two for so long, and then eventually losing out in the playoffs, I guess there's obviously, there's still a lot of expectation around the club, and... Um, possibly a determination to try and go that one step further this season.
1: There is, and also with Bielsa being, you know, in one more season in now. I don't think anyone realizes till they come to this country how tough the championship is. Saturday, Tuesday, Saturday, Tuesday, FA Cup, League Cup. You know, what I mean, it's a tough, tough uh, division to be involved in. You, you need to have a, a, a decent squad, a decent squad size, and quality in there as well. Because there's a lot of money, as you know, sloshing around the, the championship as well. So you've got to be prepared. He didn't strengthen in January last season and I think that's what, what cost them and uh, that's
2: why they didn't get promoted. Mm, yeah, you mentioned Marco Bielsa there. Obviously, I mean, he was a huge name to be coming into the, the English Championship and he, he's got so much experience as well. Um, do, do you think it, he is the sort, of the, the sort of coach that Leeds need, really? Obviously, quite a big club as well and a big name. They seem to go hand-in-hand hand quite well.
1: Yes, he doesn't feel the pressure. He doesn't feel the pressure uh, with the massive crowds they get, the fact they've not been in the Premier League for so long, there is a huge expectation, and he just he just bats it off. He just he does his job. You know what I mean, he, he, he does his homework, as, as we've all seen, doing mean, unbelievably on sides. He, he's probably watched. You know what I mean, 200 hours of Charlton before he even gets to the stadium mm. on on Saturday to play against them. Uh, so yeah, he, he was a, a big. you know what I mean, a, a big catch for him. Obviously he gets paid very well. He's reported three million pounds a year. So he gets rewarded for his, for his hard work. Mm. But he just seems to bring the best out of players because they were very average the year he came, before
2: he came in. And he seems to be able to get the best out of out of a, a squad that had failed. Mm. Yeah, and you mentioned that away form, obviously with Leeds coming to the Valley on on Saturday. They have been so yeah, strong. Yeah. They've, won, they've won each and every one of their away games so far this season. What do you think it is that makes them so potent uh, on the road?
1: I don't know if it's the pressure of Alan Road. I don't know if that expectation... Maybe boils over onto the pitch because they are dominating games. They just can't seem to finish teams off at home. Uh, Bamford, I mean, numerous chances. Eddie and Ketter as well is is playing really well. And just the penalty that was missed at the weekend. I don't know. There's, there's numerous numerous things going on yeah. at home that don't seem to happen away from home.
2: Yeah. And how do they tend to set up away from home? Are they do they do they try and come out and play and try and swarm? Uh, all over the teams they play? Or are they a bit more conservative away from home? Because as Charlton fans, I think we've struggled really to deal with teams that come and sit behind the ball against us. Um, whereas I think if Leeds came out, it could make for quite an open game. So how, how do you think they would sort of approach the game on Saturday?
1: Well, it was an unchanged side uh, the weekend, 4 which is exactly what they played uh, the game before. It was Barnsley away. And yeah, it doesn't, it doesn't change massively. If you look at the, the actual stats, a lot of people don't like them Mm. for the home games and away games there's not massive differences loads of possession lots of chances just don't score Mm. as many goals as they should do and they just seem to dominate teams as you say they swarm players and if your players aren't on their on their metal every single time they receive possession
2: then there's going to be two or three leagues players all over them because Mm. again the fitness is phenomenal as well so finally, with the game coming up on Saturday, I mean, I know what, we we know what to expect with the the fans because it's going to be a sell-out away end at the yeah. Valley. But which, which players do you think are the the main ones that Charlton, Charlton fans should have their eyes on who could cause the addicts the most damage on Saturday? Well,
1: when you're talking away games, you know, I mean, Bamford is a is a threat and he will he will score goals. He's got a few already this season. I think he's up to four, and they're uh, they're all all away as well. All away goals that he's scored. This season, Eddie Oqueta, which uh, I mentioned there, uh, he's a real live wire. Uh, oof, God. There's, a, there's a few as well. Uh, Hernandez, Hernandez, to be fair, is an absolute maestro of a footballer. Not quite at his best at this moment in time. We'll see if he uh, if he really hits. You know I mean, hits the heights at the weekend. You've got uh, you've got Ben White at the back. Absolutely superb. He's a young lad. He's coming to take over. From, uh, quite a big player who went off to Brentford. Moses yeah. Johnson, who was a big character in the club, he he went off to Brentford for a decent amount of money. This young lad's come in and just been absolutely exceptional. Flipped the city there uh, next to uh, Cooper excellently, and obviously you've got a goalkeeper who they brought in from Real Madrid. Yeah. Got a bit of criticism in the playoffs last year, but he's making big saves this year, playing well. So they've got they've got quite a balanced side of experience and youth. And I'd expect Leeds to be at the, the very top
2: you know what I mean, for at least 90% of the season. There we go. Uh, Matt Glennon, not exactly uh, filling us with any more confidence than what we've had before. I mean, every Everything that we're hearing is about how Leeds are a great side. I mean, even, we're, we're talking about the quality that they've got to come in, so with Pablo Hernandez out injured, they're able to bring in the, the chap they've got on loan from Wolves, Helder Costa, who's worth £15 million pounds or something. So, I mean, it just shows the, the the squad depth and the quality that they've got.
3: Yeah, it does. Um, and as we were saying off air then about um, the journalist mentioned about about them not really scoring many goals to create a load of chances, but they're not very clinical. But they've got got a striker in Patrick Bamford and they've got a backup striker in, in the form of Eddie Nketiah, who's, I think he's scored quite a few for them now. And, you know, they've got big players in around their side. Matthias Klitsch is someone that performed from last season. And I was surprised that they let go of Pontus Janssen in the summer. It was a bit of a bizarre transfer, that. Probably and he was to, meant
2: to be a bit of a disruptive influence around the dressing room. Yeah, well, I know I there was go, a yeah. bit of a
3: fallout when they when they had the Aston Villa sportsmanship wobble where <laughs> Jansen tried preventing Villa from scoring the equaliser. So whether he was there was some disagreements between him and Bielser I'll never know. But it seems like the young guy they've got in white is is performing really well and and you know on paper their side's incredible. At this level they've got a fantastic side and it's gonna to be tough, but you know, on pr Stoke have got a Premier League side on paper and we managed to beat them and they're not doing very well. So it's going to be interesting. It, uh, us, we know, we already know how good of a side leads are and it's going to be a real test and probably the toughest test that we're going to have this season because we'll probably be a little bit of pressure on us to perform at home. So... We we'll just we'll see how we go. I'm I'm fairly confident, so I'm, I'm not going to get trying I'm trying not to get too excited because I always get too confident and then yeah. we lose. A bit well, like Wigan.
2: <laughs> yeah, I mean obviously like we said, the, the big name manager as well, and Marcelo Bielsa. I'm going to learn his name properly at some point before <laughs> the weekend. Um, I mean he's 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 meant to be a bit of a master tactician. He talks about getting his team very fit now. Uh, the only the only things, one thing you always hear about uh, Bielsa is apparently his team tend to fade by the end of the season because they are so fit, they get tired before the end of the campaign. And we got them on the last day of the season, which is good news, but unfortunately <laughs> we're still at the start of the season now. So obviously got to be right in their pomp, and that's one thing that Bayer was sort of saying in press day today. He'd love to know how he gets the Leeds players up to that level of fitness, because we were a fit side last season, and he thinks we're up there as well, but Leeds just seem to take it to another level.
3: Yeah. And, you know, the the evidence is there that towards the tail end of the season, they do they do seem to spiral off a little bit. We had it, you know, last year they had it in the playoffs that they're in the top two for so long, top for so long even. And and they sort of came away from that, that race that they had with Norwich and Sheffield United for that top two spot. And Bielsa is a well-respected manager. We, we were going through some of his teams there. You know, Marseille, Lazio, the Argentinian national side that we've that he's managed previous to this and to have someone of his of his managerial stature in the in the second tier of English football is a it's a credit to our league really and it's it's a bit of a pleasure to have him about and I'm quite a big Bielsa fan I I like the way that he that he goes about it obviously the spygate thing was a bit I think that's something that's probably blown out of proportion. You know, everyone does their scouting, but breaking into training grounds is a bit much. But <laughs> I, I do quite like Bielsa and, and the good. way so, that he says that. From
2: up. a personal point of view, I don't think I can slag anyone off for uh, looking through the fence of a, of a, of a training ground because I've got someone who does that. So There you go. <laughs> yeah, can't go wrong. <laughs> yeah, right. Excellent stuff. Let's have a look to, uh, ahead in terms of team news from a Charlton point of view. Um, obviously, we've had a couple of injury crises over the last, well, injury crisis, one player really in Lyle Taylor. But there's been a couple of others with with Knox as well. Uh, Saliba, your updates us on those starting off uh, with uh, whether Jason Pierce could feature against his former side uh, on Saturday uh,
4: Jason yeah, Jason was available last week we have to be careful with him he's he already trained last week so um, he's trained this week fully so yeah he, he's up for selection uh, properly you know um, but again we have to be careful we've got Saturday Wednesday Saturday so it's, it's a tough week coming up so some players can and can't do the Saturday-Wednesday-Saturday, so it's just something that I've got to be mindful of. Um, Lyle, he's no closer. He's still in a brace. Um, going to be in that for maybe another couple of weeks. Then we'll have more of an idea, but until that, then uh Lyle will just be, keep hobbling around. Um, Baron Kyle, is there any news on him? He's going to be out for a couple of weeks. He had to go, or he went for a scan, and he's got something wrong with his groin. He's had to have like a bit of inflammation around his groin, so he's had to have uh, an injection in that. So he's going to be a couple of weeks before he's back out of training again. And uh, every, everyone else fit? Yeah. yeah, everyone else is fit. Um, some of the lads uh, midweek against Ipswich got ninety. Couple of them got 90, and Chuck's got 75 into. Him. So yeah, um, Adam Matthews is coming coming along nicely. Uh, created two goals uh, on Monday, so um, he's getting fitter and stronger, and uh, which is good for us because obviously we've only got Chris Oli there, and, and he's going to need some help. So, when would you expect Adam to be available for selection? Uh, Next week. He will play next week
2: at some stage. There we go. So no Adam Matthews on Saturday by the sounds of it, but probably be involved uh, somewhere between uh the games against Swansea and the game at Fulham as well to g- give Solly a bit of a break by the sounds of it. But I mean first things first, Piercy Um sounds like he'll be available. He was available I mean he was on the bench on Saturday. He's had this little niggle and when I asked Bose about it last last weekend after the game at Wigan he he could have played i think if we were desperate but obviously we're not and we do have nabi Sari came in at the back and you know, I, I sort of said on sunday show i thought we defended okay at wigan in open play for some reason we just had a horror show at, um at set pieces but you know you're looking at jason pierce i mean he is um an incredible defender against his former club um i'll be surprised if he doesn't come in if he is fit enough to start
3: yeah, I'd I'd be surprised if he didn't start. I I think we really missed him. I think not so much defensively. I think his leadership quality. I think we we miss that that you know he's not afraid of a last ditch you know crunching tackle. Is he? he's not he's not afraid to sort of leave people open mouthed, thinking that he's he <laughs> absolutely clattered somebody. And I think that there are so many qualities to Jason Pierce's game that, especially at this level with a young squad, is really important to have. And that's no that's no dig at nabby because i think nabby has performed well when he's come in i just think that Piercy has that extra factor at this level that aggression and stuff that you probably need to sort of scrape results against sides like leeds and we probably would have been useful up at wigan as well but it was one of those where if we'd have played him we could have lost him for a long time so it's just, I'm glad that he's, he's sort of rested. I'm glad he's trained this week, and I can see him coming straight back into the side. If I'm honest,
2: yeah, I mean, yeah. there's um, a lot of choices to be made all over the pitch, but in particular uh, in midfield uh, for Lee Bowyer. I mean, if, I mean, obviously the shape that he, he goes with for starters. If he if he goes for three at the back, we could end up seeing Pearson and Saar both in there anyway. But looking at the the midfield shape. You know, would it be the flat one, the diamonds? Who knows? Could it be foot five in there with a 3 5 2? We don't know, but there are certainly options. I mean, one sort of straight swap that's been going sort of back and forth the last couple of weeks has been Samfield and Darren Prattley. Again, against the league leaders, I feel like I probably lean towards Darren Prattley going in there as the more experienced head. Um, although Samfield, you know, he's played in the Championship himself and he, he's obviously a much younger player so there's one decision for, for Bose to be making, there's the sort of, you know, I think Gallagher and Cullen tend to to get into the side most weeks now, but then you're going to look at the the mixture between Williams and Otzuma obviously Otzuma was left out of the squad last weekend and there's no injury involved there, it's just to, to give uh, someone else a chance on the bench, I think Bayer wanted to have another defensive option on the bench last week, so there's a few choices there that he's going to have to chop and change I mean, are there any in particular ones sort of standing out in the midfield that you think could, could it could be mixed up for Saturday
3: um in terms of mixing up not really I think I think Prattley has to remain in there I think that his his experience along with Piercy will be really important on Saturday um I can see obviously I think the the rest of the midfield picks itself in terms of Williams Cullen and Gallagher at the moment I think that they've they're all doing extremely well, and I don't think you could drop any of them. I'd like to see Ostrum come back in and around the eighteen. I think that I was I was a little bit baffled that he wasn't in that squad last Saturday because I think that he can make things happen. I think he's a tricky and clever player, and I think he's someone that we should have around. And then it's you moving on to up front. Does he does he change it up there? Does he? Depending if we play wide, that's the thing. If if Leeds are playing a four one four one, do we try and match up and go wide? Do we play a flat four four two? And match them up for width. Do we go for five at the back? There's there's options there. Um, I th- I think if we stick with our with our with our game plan and go for the the narrow diamond that we that we usually play, I think it would be fairly unchanged in the midfield. And I think you'd probably lean toward, uh, towards towards and Lecco again. I imagine. Um, but I would, if I'm being honest, I would like to see Chucks and Ek come in because I think I think that he can make things happen. You
2: know, do you think we're getting to that stage now where he might think about a change? Because as I sort of said earlier, you know, he's, he's still talking about Hemed getting up his fitness, looking sharper as the weeks go on. Um, but oh, it's so early. It's it's two starts, but we're not we we haven't quite seen an end product yet. But am I? I mean, you know, we're football fans. We want everything yesterday. You know, am I demanding our fans demanding a change too soon on that one? But as I say, you know, Chucks has played well when he's come off the bench quite a few times this season and got that seventy-five minutes of of added uh, added work into his legs on Monday for the twenty-three. So he must be getting close to a start at least.
3: I think he deserves one. I think I I agree with you totally in the in the fact that when he came on against Red and I thought that he completely changed the game. I thought he was he was class. Uh and against Forest when he came on here as well. There was one time that he he came on uh I can't remember where it was now. I think it was away from home at, at Barnsley where he had that chance that he missed and but you know we are not we're not scoring chances now and I think that I think that he needs to come in if I'm if I'm being honest, I think that I would keep Hemed in there with Chucks. And I think I'd probably take Lecko out because I didn't think he had the best game last Saturday, I think. I was a bit disappointed with with some of his decision-making in the final third. I think mm. sometimes he takes that extra touch, but then that comes with with a player. When, when you're an unpredictable raw player like Jonathan Lecko, you are going to have those moments of frustration, but then the, the next time he does it could be a complete moment of magic. So do you change it up and have Lecko as someone come off the bench when you might have a couple of tired Leeds legs out there and you've got someone with the pace and the unpredictability of Lecko to, to change things up? I, I could see that happening maybe, but if Chuck played 75 midweek, then maybe he will just be on the bench. Not yeah, too sure.
2: Yeah, I and mean, Bo's also mentioned about Berham Kyle. Obviously, he pulled out of uh, of the trip to Wigan on the Friday before the game. It uh, sounds like a couple of weeks away now with, a, what do you say, a groin, I think. So That that's less than ideal. I mean, we're still waiting to see uh, Berham in his full pomp, really. He's only had that that short cameo spell against Birmingham where. Uh, you know, overhit a couple of crosses. You know, he didn't. He wasn't in the game long enough to to make any real impact. Um, you know, he's a great player to have waiting in the wings. We're just hoping he doesn't turn into the sort of player that we were talking about, uh, Mikel Alonso We saw once or twice. <laughs> I mean, I mean, obviously he's a better player than him. But you know, a player who he just never gets the, uh, the the chance to show us what he can do.
3: Yeah, I'm hoping that um he's not away for too long. I th- you know he's come here with a big reputation and he's somebody that is is impressed at this level with Brighton and and was in and around their Premier League side as well when they got promoted and he's he's someone that we know has bundles of quality and and everything so yeah it wasn't his best his best introduction to a Charlton shirt against against Birmingham when he came on but as you say he was on for such a short amount of time you can't really make a huge amount happen you know when Johnny Williams First came on for his Charlton debut. He had that that pass that sort of ran straight out of play, and we were thinking, Ooh, yeah. "Oh no!" <laughs> and now look at him now. So you yeah. know, baron Carl, you give him, you give him a couple couple of opportunities give him some more minutes get more minutes into him then we're laughing
2: excellent stuff right you've got 10 seconds to give me your prediction I think I know who's going to be winning in your in your mind
3: oh uh, yeah 2-1 Charlton
2: lovely stuff well that'll do me uh, just fine right we've run out of time here on Charlton Live the big match preview it's flown uh, past thanks to all of you who've listened this evening uh, and got involved and uh, with your tweets and whatnot thanks to Lewis for coming in
3: no worries mate, mate see exactly.
2: you we'll be back here on Sunday evening uh, to look back at whatever happens against Leeds United I hope you can join us then uh, so I hope you have enjoyed the show I am Lewis Mendes and I look forward to seeing you on Sunday when hopefully we will be talking about that 2-1 victory that Lewis Cat has predicted. We shall see you later.